This week on the Sports Initiative podcast, I sit down with Leeds United professional development phase coach, Michael Pujak. He discusses his journey from Poland and his journey into the academy system within England, some key trends he's seen in players that have made the jump into the first team, as well as how coaches can help facilitate a development environment. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please make sure you share it with friends and family. I hope you enjoy. Perfect. So, Michael, I know we caught up uh, a little bit yesterday and stuff to get this in the diary and whatnot. But, um, yeah, really appreciate you spending a bit of time with with me, with us, the, this afternoon slash this evening. How are things your end? Are you safe and well? I'm very good, thank you. Um, as I mentioned briefly to you earlier, before we uh, we connected live, uh, it has been a very productive day with uh, in- incorporating a football session, uh, some admin work, and uh, and also a, a run, which is always a bonus in a busy life of a football coach. Perfect. So, yeah, I think obviously you've given everyone a clue to what industry and whatnot you're in. But for people that maybe don't know you, um, do you want to give a bit of an oversight, I guess, what you do, what that means, and a bit of an overview, I guess, of how you've got there nice and quickly? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm currently at Leeds United Football Club, uh, working with the group of the 21s, uh, supporting Michael Skubala who is our new head coach, who joined us this season. Um, I've been at Leeds for the last uh, four years. This is my fourth season. And I originally joined Leeds as the lead youth development phase coach. Um, and then, yeah, things progressed from there and I was asked to change roles. And then, um, yes, I've been enjoying it ever since. Um, we've got a really, really exciting group of players. So working with high potential players and, and high performing players on a daily basis is something that is uh, very exciting for me and gets me out of bed every day. Perfect. So, And in terms of a journey to get to that point, how did you get there? How did you get into coaching initially? And yeah, what what's that journey look like for you to end up at this point where you are at the moment? Wow. Well, I mean, this is probably a very, it's a brilliant question and I don't have a short answer to it. Um, I think my my love for coaching started a long time ago when I was still uh, at school. I remember days where I would get my my classmates and we would go out during the breaks and we would go out on the pra- on the on the field and uh, practice free kicks, practice penalty kicks, uh, practice dribbling uh, scenarios. And I remember making notes uh, back then and and scoring them. Uh, for me, being someone who's who's been one of the uh, one of the very few people in the class who who practice football in an organized setting at a football club, I kind of took that leading role to to organize the boys to play against different classes. Um, even even during my my home ta- uh, home time, I would uh, connect with people. I would get them out playing on the streets against people living from in different areas. Um, so I feel like my my love for, for coaching has um, has started a long, long time ago. Um, I, I obviously played. Um, I've tried my best to be as, as, as good as I could. And I and I I progressed over time. But I got to the point where I felt 
if I wanted to make my dreams come true and achieve my ambitions um, to be at the highest possible level, um, I, I realized I couldn't do it playing. So um, I had to make a decision. Do I carry on and do I persist, uh, which I have for a long, long time? Or do I shift my focus and I um, transition my my passion for the game and 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 my understanding of the game into um, a different area? Um, and I had an opportunity uh, combining playing and coaching. And um, and as I started doing it more and more, whilst I was still playing, and I was I remember playing back in Poland um, and. Uh, played in the centre-back position. And I played alongside this young boy who was four years younger than me. And he was my centre-back partner. And uh, I I was catching myself often talking to him and communicating, as, as you normally do as a player. But I started to um, develop a very strong bond with him and a very strong relationship. And, um, and this is on reflection, months, years later. I've realized I started to consider how effective my communication is with the individuals to get the footballing outcomes. Um, so that was probably my one of the highlights of uh, of how I started into coaching and and what made me realize that I really I have a strong passion for developing people and developing players. And um Playing alongside this young boy who was very keen and wanted to learn, and and it was mutual. Uh, we we had respect for each other. Uh, he probably felt like I wanted to give him more attention because uh, I understood the game and I could give him valuable advice that he could implement. By the way, very well. Uh, he was a very promising player, and he went went on to have a have a good career. Um, that that really sparked my curiosity uh, for coaching. And um, and yeah, then I made the transition into into being a coach or focusing to be a coach full time. Um, I had to find ways how to get opportunities. Um, my, my my first academy role in England um, came at Hull City Academy, where the man, academy manager at the time, Billy Russell, uh, gave me an opportunity to uh, be part of the coaching team at the development centres. Uh, and I remember working full time um, in a different industry, and then trying to make the journey over to the across to the uh, across to the other side of the city to uh, to coach uh, under sevens and under eights. Uh, and I loved it. And I loved it. And and since then, it always became like a snowball um, because I was very passionate to get better, so I could be. Uh, more effective. I didn't understand why I wanted to get better, but now over time I started to reflect a little bit more, and and it was that first for 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 improvement and wanting to help those young boys uh, have fun whilst they were playing football and uh, gain new skills so they could uh, progress uh, within the game, whatever progress uh, looks like. Um, Yourself, Michael, working in academy football, um, you know that it's 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 not everything. Football is not everything. It's just uh, it ha you happen to work with highly skillful young men or or young girls. But we're talking about 
men's uh, academy here where they they talented they have certain skills and attributes and the role of the coach is to help them progress and get better and get to the next level and uh, i found it fascinating um and i yeah i continue to develop i continue to learn i continue to be trusted uh, and i was uh, given more responsibilities so from working in development centers i then became a part-time academy coach um i believe i started with under 11s uh, that it was so long so long ago that um i can't i can't recall uh, precisely what age group it was uh, but it was with the younger younger players um and i and i loved that time i think it gave me fantastic opportunities to to learn how to teach the game to young players um and and as i move the story on um i i went to 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 grimsby town um where where the academy manager neil woods gave me my first opportunity to be a a, a full-time coach that came with a natural um natural opportunity to invest myself more into into what i was doing and and how good i could be and um how effective i could be at helping uh, not only players at that time but also the coaches uh be the best they could be so um i've joined the club in in a role of the ydp lead coach and um i i recall those days um and they were fantastic moments um the club was very supportive uh, to to enhance the academy program there was a lot of investment being made with uh, finance and with with human resource to develop uh, a strong category free uh, academy program and um it it felt so good when when i was leaving the club um and i was moving to leeds that we 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 were able together to build uh something uh, strong that people 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 wanted to connect with and felt pride when when we were discussing um what we've been able to build um and and yeah the the opportunity came at Leeds I really wanted to um to challenge myself uh, I felt I, I wanted um to be tested uh, in a different environment working within different constraints uh, working with with different opportunities um and 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 leads leads uh, wanted to give me that opportunity um i'm i'm at the club 4 years on uh, i i i feel valued i feel like we've got uh, something really meaningful here uh, there is a, a a strong sense of purpose how we want to uh, develop the players how it fits into the vision of the of the club in terms of um, developing the players uh, to play for our first team um yes perfect so yeah loads i think a really nice story and it explains to people kind of where you've come from and your journey along the way I think going back to the start of you said around kind of developing yourself, what does coach development 
look like in Poland? So how did you actually go around actively putting yourself in a position to, you know, learn um, what do the courses look like, if there are any? Yeah, it'd be really good to get an insight into what, you know, what does coach development actually look like in Poland? Wow. You put me on the spot there, Michael, and I won't be able to accurately answer that question. Um, but you've just put a smile on my face because whenever I, I am asked this question, I always say I'm a I'm an English coach. I'm an English coach uh, with a Polish passport uh, because I, I did all my coaching qualifications in England. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm jokingly saying that I'm I'm an English coach. Uh, with a Polish background in, in, um, and I guess that's a good or bad thing depending on if you like our coach education system but yeah no I guess leaning into that slightly then because obviously you haven't had maybe um, formal qualifications in it do you see or have you seen uh, cultural differences between the way football is taught in those two things I guess from an experiential point of view from where you were taught at younger age groups do you mm-hmm. see differences in cultures of players of how they act or what I guess the, the belief around the sport is? Have you could you attest to that at all? Yeah, I mean, um great question. when when I first came over, I, I, I could I could feel the, the the difference in culture. Um we're talking about football here, uh, but I guess in general there are cultural differences wherever you go um one of the biggest differences is probably the passion of the english people for the tea <laughs> and uh and the necessity of having a, a tea break for for the for the english coaches and the tea room uh, <laughs> uh but seriously I, I believe uh polish coaches have a immense sense um of hard work we value hard work we we value putting the effort in um putting the hours in uh and i believe this is one of the key elements why people become successful uh not just in the football context but um in any walk of life if you set out to achieve uh, anything you've got to be prepared to make an investment of time of effort um of emotional uh, investment to be able to see the returns and i think speaking to people and and watching from afar because i do follow the polish uh, coach education system and um i, I follow polish teams um i had the pleasure of uh, joining uh, a national under 20s team camp in the summer um and and there is a real sense uh, and and what i felt is that we value family we really value family. That selfless approach uh, is something that really struck me. And uh, if if I think about it now, it's probably what I felt as a young player. I felt that the coach, the coach always wanted me to be better, and that was at, at the forefront of his thinking. And um, I perhaps didn't understand it at the time, uh, being a youngster. Uh, you, you just want to be on the pitch. You want to be scoring goals or doing the things that you want to do. And the role of the coach is to nurture you and guide you uh, in the direction where he feels is best for you as an individual to fit in, to be aligned within the within the objectives of the club. Um, 
but going back to your question about the difference of of the cultural differences there is definitely an element of that in the modern game and um my reflection is that the best coaches they are they are able to speak more than one language definitely um because it's needed you have very multicultural changing rooms nowadays where where you need to be able to connect with players on, on a human level because football is pretty simple. You can show players uh, tactical um, match plans on the screen. You can show them on the pitch the movements and the behaviours that you want them to display. But to be able to co connect at human level, I think it's a game changer. It, it gives coaches, elite coaches, an edge, an advantage over the ones that ha who are quite average. Um, because it, it, it makes the player feel loved and uh, from my experiences working closely um with the professional teams first teams uh, being in the group of the 21s and supporting the 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 player pool that is transitioning to to the first team player pool i think this is this is a critical skill for for an elite coach um and uh, yeah i really appreciate that this is one of the key characteristics of of the poles of you know we are we we have those slavic roots um and 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 we really value the family perfect i think as you said that probably really aligns to your values in terms of making people feel loved like you've mentioned a few times in here and actually probably manifesting that in your coaching i guess one question for me um is obviously i think the three most stressful things in life are marriage um moving house and changing job right so i'd imagine imagine for you you've kind of ticked two of those off at once in terms of getting a new a new country to live in and mm -hmm. then obviously getting a new job at the time as well how did you go around helping yourself settle into the environment you're in because i think sometimes we over that's an oversight for a lot of us you see these players go for mass amounts of money or you see coaches chop and change countries and you go, oh, that would be nice. You get to go to Madrid, you get to go to here, go to there without any thought of actually you don't know where your local supermarket is or you don't know what school your kid's going to go to or any of those bits. So I guess from firsthand experience, how did you go around embedding yourself into the local area? And is there any particular ways you thought were really challenging or, or real benefit? you've mentioned it already michael and another another challenging moment is 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 getting married right that's what you've mentioned and um yeah i wasn't married at the time of coming over to england um but joanna is now my current wife and um she has been an Im immense support um we've been best friends we've been partners for many years and um she she has been a real rock in my in my coaching journey um i wouldn't be in a in a position where i am without her support without her checking in with me and challenging me um on many levels with, with all the normal challenges of being a football coach professional football coach starting from uh, the balance between family and work and and trying to get that right and uh, and Elite coaches have to be ready to relocate. That, that's the nature of, of the business. Uh, football is very fast-paced. Um, 
and and just like the just like we demand from the players to be able to uh, settle in fast and uh, adapt, this skill set is a prerequisite for for high performing coaches. Um, and 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 having that ability to be flexible, to flex, to 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 assess and have the awareness of what's happening at the football club, um, wherever you, wherever you go, whether that's within the country, moving from club to club in England, or coming from Poland to England, um, or getting opportunities abroad, elite coaches have to be adaptable. You have to assess the culture of the club. Um, what are the what are the standards? What is the history? What do they value? Um, and and not being fixed, not being fixed, not being fixed minded, being open minded, um, is a wonderful platform for success. And um, have you got any quick ways of doing that? So is there anything you particularly do at the you know when you arrive at a new club to go? Okay, I'm going to help myself embed into the culture or embed into the club identity by doing this particular thing or asking these particular questions. Mm -hmm. what i've been advised in the past by by friends and by mentors is to study the history of the club uh which is a, a wonderful advice um and and one that i will keep with me forever and in addition to that this is through my personal reflections is wherever a person joins a football club that person joins the football club with a set of strengths and, and also weaknesses, but a set of strengths and, and having the understanding and awareness of what your strengths are. I remember working with, with coaches as the YDP lead coach, and I was always encouraging them to consider how could they, with the skill set that they have in that moment in time, at positive value to the environment, to the organization, and at a micro level to every individual that you work with. And it will look differently. It will look differently working with uh, players of an under nines age group. It will look differently with working with the players in the 21s age group. Uh, it will also look differently working with the first team players. Uh, so you have to take the context into consideration. But having that adaptability and understanding of how can you add value with the strengths that you possess uh, this is a cutting edge stuff for me and i would encourage any any elite football coach or aspiring football coach to to consider to I, you many listeners probably heard about the jahari window so yeah stuff that you're aware of that others are aware of the things that you are aware of, but others aren't. Um, and what probably makes the biggest difference, the biggest difference is the, the area where people know what you don't know. So what people perceive or know about me as an individual that I'm not aware of, that I'm lacking awareness of. Because often the things that we are lacking awareness of are the things that are deciding factors in success or failure. Um, so my personal philosophy is to be open-minded to feedback. 
and yes it's a skill in itself to be able to receive feedback uh because because as human beings we're not we're not born with those skills so you have to train it you have to train it you just have to train it just like you train your muscles in the gym and you can train it simply by exposing yourself to feedback and uh, going back to the english education system i felt that was that was brilliant because i remember having loads of loads of mentors and loads of um uh support people through the fa through the uh, uh, coaching qualifications who were coming down to observe sessions to offer feedback and um yeah and and perhaps it was the the personality of those people that i had privilege to 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 be supported by uh, and they and their characteristics but they were just wonderful human beings and and they have taught me and i've learned from them that being open to feedback is um, significantly important for, for for any coach to develop um and and i would encourage people uh who might be curious about what's next on their journey find out what people think find out where where are the areas that you could perhaps develop uh within the settings it, it, it's always contextual so um if if you work in the in the football industry and you aspire to become an under 21s coach find out what's stopping you in a curious way um you can't be too serious about it uh this is what i've also learned because sometimes we could we could ask for feedback and if we get if we get an answer or a comment that doesn't really sit with us we we might go defensive but the real skill is to be able to go okay thanks for that i appreciate it okay how can i how can i use that feedback to make it work and make that one little step forward um and and that's a beautiful thing that i've learned and do you formalize your your documents or do you formalize the feedback or do you formalize your plan or is that very much a kind of a personal you just go over it and self-reflect in your head what does that look like in, i guess from a, a actual on bit of paper or on a laptop point of view mm -hmm. it, it it could look different depending on the context so we we have head of coaching at the football club who is who is doing formal cpd who is doing uh, session observations who is checking in with us on a regular basis to to see how we are how we're doing how is the team doing how are the players doing um from a from a personal point of view i really like my car journeys to and from work um and i spend a lot of time in the car by the way but i just love sometimes turning the music off and going back in time and reflecting on what has happened during the day what went well what could be done differently why it's important to understand why um and and then then process it and try to implement little things then the day after and sometimes you don't need others uh, to be able to achieve that objective and on other occasions you need other people uh to be on the same wavelength with you and then perhaps on those occasions you need you need to connect in a larger group um with your multidisciplinary team or with the coaching team depending on what area of 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 practice needs to be looked at 
um, you, you connect with those people uh, to make the impact more powerful, I guess. Um, because for me, I believe the power is in collective approach. Um, that's where things happen when there is more than one people believing in 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 the outcomes and believing in the dream. Um, the, and I use the phrase that I overheard once: the whole is far greater than the sum of its parts. Um, and it's so true, uh, not just in football, but but in life in general. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that. Um... I guess from a personal perspective, that's probably why I say Messi's better than Ronaldo because I, I feel like Messi does engage with his teammates a little bit better, at least on the uh, service level of body language and, and Ronaldo. But um, uh, yeah, I think it's a really nice point you you made there around car journeys and utilising that and utilising dead time because I think uh, it's a common theme in terms of actually when do a lot of coaches learn on courses or learn from one another? It's over lunch. It's, it's it, you you learn a little bit whilst you're in the room but what actually you do is you sit down over lunch with some people and you talk a bit more candidly about your team or the challenges you've got in your academy and stuff and then that's probably the bit that stimulates rather than being sat in a classroom so what you mentioned there around you know the tea time earlier with the with the English guys and um, girls and then obviously car journeys is, is quite a nice way of actually allowing some self-reflection allowing a period of what, what could otherwise be dead time to mm -hmm. utilize that in a right way perfect so looking at it i guess now from a, a role point of view or you know your team basis and stuff what um what does your working week look like within leads and i guess what team do you are you a part of to help facilitate what that program is mm -hmm. so it, it could depend in terms of the working week um depending on whether it's a one 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 game week or two game week um normally typically we we would um try to work back from the game day so take into consideration uh, the physical loading the technical and tactical preparation for the game um it, it involves opposition analysis so, so the staff and the players have clarity and understanding of what the strengths and weaknesses of the opposition are. Um, how could we maximize our strengths? Uh, how could we also incorporate player development in, in that? So knowing what, what challenges we might face or what performance problems the opposition might uh, throw at us. How could we put players in positions where they could still develop as uh, as young professionals, um, yeah, it, it, it like I said, it depends on the on the working week. I'm 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 always working closely with the analyst um, who who does an extremely good job producing content for the technical staff uh, to 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 watch and to pick out uh, little things that that. We collaboratively work on so the head coach, myself, the goalkeeping coach, the analyst, um, and and we we try to formulate a match plan, um, a match plan that meets the needs of of the team of the collective, but also like I mentioned, the individual needs of the players. And in terms of 
a way, if you like. I say this whenever I talk to people in, within the football industry. There always seems to be a, a club has their way. So it'd be the Southampton way or the West Ham way or the Leeds way. Is there a common thread that runs through your team that you have to stick in in terms of structure? Or would you be able to, I guess, fluctuate style of play slash formations relative to um, who the opponents are? So, you know, if you're playing a three, if you were playing against the three at the back, could you potentially go two up top to make that easier to press by narrowing off the four? Or do you have to stick in like a one up front and a four three three? What does that look like in terms of um, how strict is it? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great question, Michael. And um let me start with with phrasing our unique model at Leeds because um, in terms of preparing the players and developing the players for the first team as a club we are doing a really good job so this year so far we already had 10 youngsters in in match squads Uh, last year if I remember correctly we had eight Premier League debuts um, and it's down to a clear vision of the leadership at the football club, uh, what what we stand for as 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 leads, um, and what's the idea uh, behind the project. And then, obviously, what it takes is having skills and 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 clarity how to execute it on daily basis. So it all comes uh, into one. Um, we we have we have a unique way of working. So the the twenty ones group is closely working with the first team, uh, meaning that we we get an insight into what the first team wants to do, how they want to play, uh, what's the methodology, um, what are the practices. So you you have to chunk it down um, because if you try to take it as one, um, you can choke. Um, so, so we've been privileged, really. Uh, both um, Jesse currently is fantastic at sharing his idea about the game. Um, Marcelo was very similar, um, and and currently we we closely mirror what what Jesse wants to do, um, how he wants the game to be played, uh, the desired behaviors that he wants to see in players. Um, and then it's down to us to be at our best, how we daily introduce the concepts and the tactics to the players uh, to make sure that we develop them in a way that the transition is as smooth as possible. Um, because of the uniqueness of our um, way of working at Leeds, the players in the 21s group uh, aren't a long-term uh, project in in the in the context of getting into the first team, uh, and and I say it with a smile on my face because at Leeds it's about a medium-term project or a short-term project, so that's why players have to be really really well educated in how the first team wants to play, and I sense that. We do a half-decent job here because the the, the manager uh, trusts the young players to come in and do the job for him. Um, and 
it's 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 very important uh, for me on reflection that the players, as they get closer to the first team, they have the clarity of what's required to perform within the performance model of the of the first team. Um, it will look differently uh, going down the age groups under 18s a little bit less because they have different needs. They're still young and they still that period of time further away from the first team. A part of highly um, highly potential players. We have a young boy at the club who is uh, who is making such a fantastic progress that he needs to be prepared uh, on on individual basis because he has high potential and and um, he has different needs to the rest of the group uh, at his age. And then as you go down, uh, you you probably give them more balanced program because they are further away from from breaking into the first team um and and this is this is a little praise um to to the leaders at our football club and and the academy because i i sense we get that balance right and there is a sense of understanding what it takes to prepare the players for the long term for the for 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 the future game what are the demands of the game now what will the demands of the game be in the in five years' time, in ten years' time, and how do we prepare prepare those players to the best of our ability? And then there needs to be flexibility that we've already spoken about, and adaptability to go and and shift and change and be able to give the players what they need. Um, and it was a it was a very valuable experience for me to be around uh, when the change of the management happened, and and to be able to see closely how the players had to unlearn some of the habits and and relearn and learn the new ones. Uh, it was fascinating uh, to see that evolution uh, and credit to the players because um, you you find out in those moments who the good learners are and who who is actually thinking about the game and who is thinking about the progress and and development and who is uh, investing their time to do the analysis, who is investing their time to spend more, more hours in the gym because the physical demands change. Um, we, are, we are... One of our characteristics at Leeds is that we have to be physically extremely strong in terms of capabilities to uh, sprint capabilities to make repetitive sprints um, and 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 we work collaboratively with performance support staff to make sure the players are physically extremely well developed they have a good tactical understanding of the game um, and what good looks like but they also have the the mental skills uh, and we we train that mental muscle, uh, two, we don't we don't neglect that, and uh, it, it has to be a joined up approach. Um, so so the players are holistically well rounded and well developed. And how do you frame how do you frame that for the boys in terms of, you know, you may have an eighteen year old that comes into your group mm -hmm. that because of injury or because of selection deselection 
might be in and around the first team training slash games in six months time potentially you know mm-hmm. if, if if everything kind of opens up a path for it how do you frame that for those younger players that there's going to be a chance we don't know what that chance is going to look like we don't know when that chance is going to be but mm-hmm. we need you to be ready for it and I think uh, I had a conversation the other day in a meeting and someone framed this really nice um, which I'd never really thought of before, maybe naively, is a chance that isn't necessarily coming off the bench or starting the first team. A mm-hmm. chance might be going over and training on a Friday against mm-hmm. them for set pieces. And all of a sudden, they like the way you, you you hold yourself within that session and they go, we'll have him back again, actually, because he made it really challenging for us. And that's a chance, not necessarily just starting. So, yeah, how do you frame that? for those players that listen there may be a chance and you've got to be ready for it be it tomorrow afternoon at set piece session or mm-hmm. to play in front of you know 30 odd thousand uh Ellen road yeah this is this is a really good question michael and um i i see many parts to 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 the answer one being the majority of the debuts uh, currently, in a modern game, for youngsters happen in a on, in a in a non-preferred position. So, so from a player point of view and player development point of view, are they mentally prepared to sacrifice to put the team uh, first? And um, it's it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job because um, as human beings, we are very egocentric, and um, we want to make sure that our needs are met first. Um, and and I'm I'm exploring this concept of of family feel, and we've talked about the cultural differences. And if we imagine a family, and a father, and I'm I'm a, I'm a young father. We've got a seven year old at home, and um, I would do anything for her uh, because there is that sense of of belonging to the family, the sense of wanting to care for for her. And uh, you become selfless because the other person is more important than you. And how do you instill that value in 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 young players, in in first team players? And and this is my area of of curiosity. How how do you instill that value in in a group of highly performing players and 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 support staff? So so. The youngsters, first of all, need to be ready to play in a different position. So they have to have tactical understanding of what's required. They have to have a skill set from a technical point of view to execute the desired actions on the pitch. Um, and and when I talk to 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 our players, um, we we talk about and I've I've been lucky enough to 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 connect with some really good practitioners. Um, over the last few years and um, Michael Beale the Rangers manager he's he's talked about you versus yourself concept and um, and and it captured my imagination because I can I I could relate to it and I remember growing up as a boy uh, I was playing Tetris on Nintendo um, 
and and I and I use that in in conversations with with our players because there is there is a sense of uh, there is an assumption that the progress will look like this linear we start somewhere and we're going to go to the top wherever whatever whatever the top is whatever it means to different individuals uh, unfortunately it's not like that we make a little bit of movement up and then there are picks and troughs and um, and and i relate to relate it to to the tetris game because you you start at the beginning and you, you you go to the next level, to the next level, to the next level, and you gain momentum, and you navigate through the obstacles, through the hurdles, and 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 you get success, and then sooner or later you, you lose the game. You lose the game, and that point is critical because for for individual to be able to have the mental capacity to start from the beginning and the beginning will always be in a different point it will never be in the same point because a the time has gone by b you've gained new experiences so you can relate to those experiences and because of those experiences you've gained new skills so how does the player prepare himself for for that point where there is lack of perceived success i.e lack of progression in the first team, lack of uh, opportunities to train with the first team, as you mentioned, Michael. So, so when that moment happens, and then this is my next point, when that moment happens, the players, the young player, has to be consciously thinking, how do I present myself? They, they all have social media accounts. They, they, they check how many followers they have. They check the comments. And comments are nothing more than feedback. <laughs> um, but th the point I want to make here is when you go over to train with the first team, you, you're building a reputation. So what does what does that reputation look like? Am I am I putting my all into the training session? Whatever the task I'm being given by the by the coaching team, whether that's the first team manager, whether that's the, the assistant coaches. Whoever that might be, what's the task I'm being given? How do I acknowledge the task? How do I execute the task? And if I don't have the skill or the understanding of how to execute the task correctly, have I got the ability to ask a question? Oof, I don't know. Can you help me? How, how could I do what you're asking me to do? Because I don't quite see the picture. Or... I'm not sure whether I should press here or whether I should drop here. I'm not sure if I should play this pass or that pass. And um, I believe that the modern player will be a holistically well-developed uh, person who understands football, who understands human interactions. So not, not, not having too big, too big of an ego, not to want to ask the question. So is this young player understanding what it takes to get to the next level, to the first team? So if I'm putting myself in the shoes of that young player, I have, a, I have an ambition. I want to feature in the first team manager's plans more often, more frequently. I want to be given more responsibility. I want to be given the trust that I can guarantee 
three points on a Saturday. First in football is about results. It's a very dynamic game and, and it's a result-driven business. So for the, for the club managers to be able to give the chance to the young player, the young player needs to gain the trust of the manager. And you do it through different paths. You can do it directly through influencing the manager when you perform in front of him and you catch his eye through doing all the desired behaviors. Or you could do it through impressing upon his assistants or impressing playing for the 21s. Uh, there are different ways of, of, creating, of creating those opportunities. And um, from, from my personal experience, the players that understand that um, at football club, the purpose of people supporting them is to get them to develop and become more and, and add more value and help them add little bits to their identity. Uh, they are the ones who, who make fast progress. And they are the ones who make appearances for the first team. And uh, I've mentioned about the identity, because often uh, at first team level, the, the transfer targets are often identified through hours and hours of scouting and monitoring. So when the players come into the building, they, they already have traits of of the, the trades that the clubs are looking looking for. So then when the players come in to help them settle in, and we've talked about it at the beginning, how do you how do you adapt and how do you settle in to be effective? The being aware that there are new areas that we, we need to develop, we need to add to what you currently possess. It is 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 a massive factor. It is a factor that separates the one the players that make fast progression, and uh, they go on to have big careers from the ones that had loads of potential, and could have made it, but for whatever reason they um, they don't quite make it. Um, I think it's a really it's a really interesting point you make there. I guess the, my question off the back of it is, how do you encourage? Have you got any particular strategies you use? encourage players to do that and almost ignore the social aspect to it because I think there's a part in everyone's heads that I'm sure everyone listening can this will be resonate with them where you don't want to be that kid in class that's putting your hand up and asking a question all the time but actually what you're essentially saying is you have to be that player that will go into the first team and doesn't mind maybe being a social outcast because you're willing to ask questions or work the hardest so that you actually add some value to that training environment because that's essentially what you're trying to do as a player you're trying to show that you add yeah. enough value to stick around um it would be really easy as a player to go in there and and this is probably what most people do and I would have done when I was an under 18 when I was playing the first team don't want to ruffle any feathers so I'm just going to go there and be but actually mm -hmm. what you need to do is go and go, actually, I add value to that. You should have me here more often. So how mm -hmm. do you encourage the players to do that so that they go, okay, I understand that I want to be mates with these people and I understand that 
I, you know, I want to be popular in a group, but what's more important is actually me showing by engaging in my learning or engaging in the running or being the fastest, being the strongest, winning whatever I'm doing, that I add value. So therefore I get more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure if I know the answer. Um, no, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't know the answer, Michael. Um, I can only, I can only try to attempt to come up with some things to to be considered. Um, and when I was starting as a young coach uh, at Hull City, I was privileged to be around the environment when um, our current lead captain, Leon Cooper, was coming through. And we also had Dan James, who, who was part of our Leeds United team here, and he is now currently on loan at Fulham, having been at Man United. And... Um, I'm using those two because I was I was afforded that opportunity to watch them closely from 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 a close distance when they were developing as as young players, as scholars, as schoolboys. Um, and what I feel separates the players who make transition into first in football and stay there and have a sustainable career at the highest level is that they single-minded. Um, we also had people like Harry Maguire at Hull, who was a little bit older, having had opportunities at first team, uh, first team level at Sheffield United, came to Hull, was trying to break into the first team picture. We had uh, Andy Robertson, who's currently at Liverpool. And, um, and watching those guys closely um, and, and, I see a lot of similarities with some of the players we currently have at Leeds. Uh, Sam Greenwood, Joe Gelhart, Crescentia Somerville, Leo Helge, Charlie Creswell, who is on loan at Millwall, uh, to, to name a few, because we have, we have many more. Um, they are very single-minded. And uh, I remember reading a book, um, uh, Gary Neville, and he talked about the class of 92. And he talked about his approach to wanting to get better. And when I when I work with our players, I I always stress the importance of understanding that you become the product of your own environment. So that every 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 member of the team, every member of the family has an impact on the environment, has an impact on the culture. And success happens within strong groups. And if you aspire to make that group as strong as possible as an individual, there is, there is no other way that you, you are going to benefit from it and you're going to be successful. Uh, and and we often talk with, with with the players about knowing how to how to navigate through the challenge of not wanting to be the one who is the coach's pet and and ask questions and wants to do this and that. Um, and I do realize that's what happens and that's what goes off because it's it's normal. They young young men and they don't want to uh, look different or be different. Uh, or why are you asking this question? Why are you doing this? You silly. Uh, you busy. Um, I get that. So it's about having 
the understanding how to do it subtly, do it in a way that don't put you in a position that you don't want to be in, i.e. you don't need to ask in an open forum. You can ask the coach privately. You can go and ask a different member of the staff if you feel more comfortable or if you feel like you've got a closer relationship with that member of the staff. And then as we as we, as we we talk in multidisciplinary team, we can bounce the ideas off each other and we can help those players that we feel need help in different areas of their development. Um, and and yeah, having the having the understanding that the players become the product of their own environment is is vital. How how how, and and I don't know. This is just some of the reflections, and I don't know. Um, I don't know what else could be added to it, but but certainly, having the understanding that if you if you go and do extras. For example, if you become that person who makes the first step and you get a little bit of success, then sooner or later, you'll have a follower. You'll have a follower. Uh, it, it happens in 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 different industries. Um, I'm, I'm curious about finances. Um, I was doing a master's degree and we had finance module and I'm curious about uh, investment. And, and, and as soon as one person makes that brave, courageous movement, and we relating it now to under-21s players or young players breaking through to the first team. Once the first player makes a movement, sooner or later there will be another player who will join in, who will feel, oh, I actually like a little bit of that. I would like to, to do the same. And then you have another one and another one and another one, and then it becomes a norm. And then the ones who don't actually do that, then they look like they outsiders uh so there there is a real value of having and our our psychologist uh chelsea at leeds she does it so well we we have a leadership group and um we we try to help those guys in the leadership group to become aware of how we could together them being the extension of the coaching team how could we together maximize our our opportunity to learn and to progress. So what are the things that we could identify as the gaps and how could we fill them together? Coaching team, performance support team, the players. In, in that collaborative approach, how could we identify the gaps and how could we equip people with, with uh, skills that they perhaps don't possess at this moment in time? Because... Uh, it, it could be unfair if we expected people to do certain things, but they're not prepared and or equipped with the skills that are required um, to to execute the plan. Um, and 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 having having a strong group of of players within your team that are willing to lead by example, who want to be role models, who feel a sense of fulfillment by being the leaders and 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 leading the pack uh is is critical for for success being that at the academy level or or first team level it sounds like what you're encouraging there is um encouraging people to be curious and seek knowledge which mm. i think is you know is an, is a ultimately a life skill it's kind of like if you don't know something don't expect to be handling a plate go and find it 
So if you don't know something about a culture, go and find out what that is. If you don't know something at school, go and find out what that is. If you don't know something here in football, let's go and find it, find out what that is. And I think that that's, you know, for me, taken away from this conversation, it resonates is can you continue to encourage those younger players to reflect and go and encourage them to seek knowledge? Because if you can do that, that's a really good starting point with those younger ages of, then hopefully once they get to the older age groups, they're already self-discovered learners. They want to go and figure out how they can do their extras or how they can get better tactical insight or how they can improve their nutrition, which is obviously a really good starting point. So yeah, I think a reflection for me off that is definitely that. I am conscious that we're close to the time we kind of allotted for this. And I know we haven't discussed any of the uh, the bits around tactical stuff so maybe this will be one we could pick up again at a later date but Mm -hmm. one last question um which is a new one i've done the last couple of podcasts which i think it's a really nice one just to get your thoughts is if i were to ask the people that you work with or coach how would you hope that they described you wow that's a really good question i i don't know you would have to ask them michael um but what gets me up in the morning um, and, and what motivates me is I want to get up and I do want to make the difference in, in people's life. And it's not just the players, it's the staff that I interact with, it's, it's the family. Um, and, and I want to be part of people's life-changing journey. And uh, to be able to do that, y- y- you need to understand the individuals that that you that you interact with, that you speak to, that you that you around, and um, what I'm starting to learn is that it's important not to treat people the way you want to be treated. I think you 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 gain far more if you if you can pick out how the people that you that you interact with want to be treated and then that serves as a fantastic platform for a strong relationship where the people believe that their interest is at the at the forefront of your thinking and they want to come on the journey with you uh, and and if there was one thing that I would people uh, I would want people to 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 think when they ask about me is oof, I like to be around them it feels fun um that that would be one thing and by the way I don't know the answer you would have to ask them <laughs> no but I think listen the reason I started asking this question because I think that it's a really nice self-reflection piece of actually what how do I want the world to view me and so therefore how do I act and I think what you have described mm-hmm. there and it's something that's resonated throughout the podcast is that family idea, the idea that actually, you know, can we create this family environment where we all check and challenge one another, but ultimately there's a there's a level of care and you know that I care within that environment and that relationship building, which is something that you've, you've mentioned throughout. So mm-hmm. listen, really, really appreciate your time. It's been a, a great conversation um, and hopefully it's one that we can carry on again a little time, a little while from now, maybe during the off season when we've both got a bit more time and stuff in our hands, if that's all right with you. Yeah, for sure. Michael, thanks for having me on and uh, 
I had fun chatting to you and it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Perfect. No worries at all. Catch you again soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Sports Initiative podcast with me, Michael Wright. Please remember to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the Sports Initiative podcast and share this podcast with friends and family. I'll see you next week.